right, uh, welcome to the uh, first episode of the Two Old Pirates. This is Eric, along with uh, my good friend Gabriel. What's up? We uh, graduated from Rockport Fulton High School here in Rockport, Texas in 89 for me and 1992 for Gabriel. Uh, and uh, we've been in Rockport for most of our lives, over 40 years, and we thought that we had started a podcast about local things, national things, politics, religion, sports, and everything in between for the local people of Rockport and anybody else who's entertained by two guys who've lived a little bit of life now and seen a lot. And uh, first thing I got to tell you, Gabriel, is it's been good to be your friend for so long. And uh, you're the godfather of my boy. I'm the godfather of your boy. And it's just amazing to have a, a friend for this long that you can count on one hand. Uh, so I'm blessed to have had you in my life. And we've uh, played a lot of basketball, gone a lot of places, done a lot of things. And uh, it's been a joy to be your friend. Well, I appreciate that. I feel the same way. Uh, we actually, uh, you know, got connected. Uh, you know, our, our connection became a lot stronger uh, playing basketball. Uh, you know, we played over on the south side in a park called the Mexican Park. Some people still may know it today as Spencer Park, but we knew it back at the Mexican Park, and we played daily. And, you know, we'd get some, we'd be out there for four or five hours after school, and we'd play, and, and everybody from the town would come out there and, and play. So, you know, our connection was stronger through, through basketball, but over the years, you know, I'd stay the night at your house, and, and I got to know your parents, you got to know you know, my mom, and, and it's just been great. And so over the years, we've built this uh, strong connection. And, of course, like you said, you know, I'm uh, your son, your first son's godfather, and you're uh, my, my son's godfather. So, you know, here we are again, and, and let's just see where this podcast takes us. It's, uh, it's going to be amazing to do this with technology because when we were just kids, uh, you know, having to have cassettes, play them on cassette players, and uh, there's no such thing as a CD, and now there's digital, and there's this amazing thing that we're doing now. So whether a million people like us or one person likes us, uh, I think it's just awesome to be able to do things like this, to sit back after all these years and talk about what's going on and, uh, and see what other people say. Because if, any, if anybody sees this and they enjoy anything, make sure that you go ahead and leave a comment on the, the YouTube page or even shoot us an am- email. You'll be able to email us. And uh, anything that you guys come up with that you want us to talk about, anything going on in Rockport or in your lives, we can talk to you about it. We're not therapists, but uh, we've lived long lives uh, going – I'm looking at 50, and it's coming real freaking quick. So um, here's the deal. Since Gabriel talked about us growing up playing basketball, uh, first thing that I want to do is, uh, Gabriel, today, starting five all-time, uh, the starting five that you could have from 1946 to 2019, who would be your starting five basketball players of all time and why? Well, you know, I was a Houston Rocket uh growing up, you know, I liked Akeem Olajuwon, Ralph Sampson, Twin Towers, so I was a Rockets fan, and, and you know, and, I, and there was a guy named Roy Tarpey that I liked uh, uh, from the Dallas Mavericks back in the day. I mean, I remember liking Roy Tarpey so much that when I'd go out and play at this Mexican park, I'd, I'd just go out and buy goggles. I didn't need them, but I'd buy them just because I wanted to be so much like Roy Tarpey. But then as the years went, I became a San Antonio Spurs fan, uh, more than a Rocket fan, so um, my power forward definitely is Tim Duncan. Because it's, it's, you know, it's hard to argue that he's not the best power forward of all time, right? Um, so I would have to say he'd be my power forward. My center, uh, it would have to be Akeem Olajuwon. You know, I, I just, the guy was awesome. He won two championships, of course, probably because Jordan had retired, right? But still, he won two championships. So I would have Akeem Olajuwon uh, as, as my center. Uh, my power forward would be um, Tim Duncan. Um, my two card has to be Michael Jordan. I mean, who else, right? Uh, 
So that leads me to my one and three, uh, and you know the one is is kind of hard. I, you know, there's just a lot of great uh, point guards. You know, there's Magic, there's um, Isaiah, but I really I was never a Laker fan growing up, but I really enjoyed Magic Johnson, uh, just the way he played the game. I did not, as a Celtics fan, I hate his freaking guts. But I would have to say that I would have taken Magic as my guard. I mean, you didn't see back in the day a six foot ten guy being able to do and dribble the way he dribbled and just be able to play the game and get everybody involved. You know, I couldn't do the things he did, but I just love the way he got other, other players involved. And you don't see a lot of that in the NBA anymore. You see guys you know, taking outside shots now. So I would have to say Magic uh, would be my one. Jordan would be my two. Um, Tim Duncan would be my four. Elijah Wan my five. And uh, I'm going to take somebody uh, as my three. Um, and I'm going to take Larry Bird. And I know you're you're a Larry Bird fan, uh, but I'm, I'm smiling yeah. right now. If you uh, did not already know, of being a, the biggest Celtic fan anybody on this podcast will ever hear, uh, to hear uh, Gabriel pick Larry Bird is I can go to bed easy tonight. Now I didn't like the Celtics. <laughs> I was never a Celtic fan, um, but you know, Larry Bird was just you know some of the stuff that I also heard about Larry Bird was you know just the trash talking that he would do, but he could back it up, but. You know, you you have some really good outside shooters today, but but Larry Bird's probably the best. I mean, the guy was just awesome, especially back when he played. Uh, so those would be my five. I would have to take Magic at one, Jordan at two, Bird at three, Duncan at four, and Elijah one at five. How about you? Uh-huh. I'm a little bit more old school. Uh, I never got to see him play. Uh, he retired uh, when I was probably about one or two, but. My five, my, my center uh, of all time would be Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, you just can't beat some of the records that he had. And I understand what people will say about the league that he played in was different than now, but uh, he was a monster. Uh, you know, he averaged 50 points a game for a season. He averaged almost 49 minutes a game for a season, which means that he played every minute of every game and every minute of every overtime game almost, besides ones that he might have fouled out. And then when people complained to him saying, you know, all he is is a scorer, then he said, okay, fine. And he shut down his scoring and led the team, led the league in assists, which for a center in that those days is amazing. So he led in rebounds multiple times, led in scoring eight or nine times. And then, of course, the lead in assists at seven foot two is just, it's unimaginable. So he's going to be my five. I'm going to take another center from the era that was undersized, but uh, he has the most rings of any human being that ever played in the NBA. His name is Bill Russell. I'm going to put him as my number four, as a power forward. I'm going to let him play defense. He doesn't have to score because we got Wilt. And uh, Russell could shut down anybody. And he said that what he liked to do is the first three or four attempts that somebody tried to take a shot, he'd block them to where they understood you're never going to shoot against me so that you're going to have to find another way to score. So Bill Russell's tenacity and his winning, you know, 13 years in the NBA, 11 championships, uh, two college championships, uh, Olympic gold medal, um, he also at one point in time had the high jump record in, in the United States for all high jumpers, and that's before they did the Fosbury flop that everybody knows about where you run and jump backwards. Back then they used to scissor kick and jump over, and he was like at the six foot eight mark or something. So to run and be able to jump over something like a hurdle at six foot eight uh, is amazing. So I would take him at my four. My three, of course, would be Bird. You know, he's my hero growing up and stuff. He was one of the ugliest and unathletic white dudes you'd ever see, but he just had this killer instinct. Number two has to be Jordan. Uh, he's just unstoppable. The one person that I think I'll uh, shock some people with if they listen to this 
is uh, the, the point guard that I'd put in there. Of course, Magic Johnson with his height is amazing. But the number one uh, point guard I'd pick is John Stockton. Nobody ever talks about John Stockton. He's the all-time leader in assists. He's the all-time leader in steals. He never got that championship ring in forever. He'll always be tarnished to being a second-class citizen to some NBA fans. But he did it so well for so long. That's why he has so many records. You never heard any complaints. I never saw any, like, uh, uh, you know, technicals on him. He, he was intense, and him and Carl Malone did it for a long time. They just didn't get lucky those two years <laughs> against the Bulls. But he was, he was a solid point guard that I think could get the ball to uh, Chamberlain inside, or, you know, he could go ahead and uh, work off of Bird. And uh, that, the, that five right there I think would be unstoppable. I know that there's a lot of players that would pick LeBron or they'd pick Shaquille or Kobe or, you know, there, there's a multitude of players, and we all have our own. But, you know, I, your five, that's a strong five. My five, I would, I would put money on my five, and I don't even bet. But uh, it just goes to show you how we all look at the game differently. Now, let me ask you this, though. How would Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain play in today's NBA? And, and not so much in today's NBA, but, you know, the Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing. Because I didn't I did mention Patrick Ewing just simply because I think uh, Olajuwon was just better. But Patrick Ewing... Uh, was a center. He didn't win a championship either, but but he was a great center. I, I watched him play at Georgetown, and I watched him, you know, play with the Knicks. And just like Stockton, he's a class act. Uh, didn't win a championship, but how would Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain play in the era of not today, but when Olajuwon and Robinson and Ewing? Do you think that they could dominate like they did in their era if they played with the likes of Olajuwon, uh, uh, Patrick Ewing, and so forth? With with the way that the NBA changed, and me and you saw it, we, we saw it change after O'Neal came in and his ability just to push people around. Shaquille O'Neal, sorry for anybody out there that doesn't want to hear this, was not a great basketball player. I agree. He I was agree. a dominant basketball player, but he was not great. He could not shoot free throws, could not do a, a, a five to ten foot shot away from the basket. And people sit there and say, oh, but, you know, Eric, he didn't need to do that. I understand that. I understand that. He didn't need to do that because they changed the rules to where he could literally just bully you over, dunk it in your face, and run down the court. And everybody got excited at the, at the forum, you know, for the Lakers or when he was with the Magic or and then the other 92 teams that he played with near the end of his career. But the thing is, in all reality, he just – he was a bull. And, a, and he could just bull over you and stuff. If they started calling offensive fouls, you're going to take away his only – real strength that he had. He was very, very athletic when he was early on with Penny Hardaway where they could throw alley-oops to him and stuff. But as he started putting on weight and getting older, uh, he still was dominant, of course. But the thing is, he literally lost that jumping ability to where, you know, everybody thought he's, oh, you know, Shaq and Kobe out in L.A. doing what they're doing. But I'm like, if, if you don't allow him to do that, if you don't allow him to sky over people's backs on rebounds and stuff, and, and he got in foul trouble, uh, would he have been as dominant? I mean... I, I, I don't think so. I, I personally think that if you have people be able to be able to stand up straight against them and play defense and not have tic-tac fouls called. Um, so let me stop you right there. So Wilt and Shaq go at it. Who wins? Uh, 1946 to 1997 rules, I'm going Chamberlain. 1997 and after when O'Neal took over, uh, Shaq's going to kill him because he outweighed him. I mean, there's there's never been a, a freak athlete like Shaq I've ever seen. I've seen big, fat guys. I've seen big, strong guys. But I've never seen anybody like that where he's so huge that literally if he just turns his shoulder to you at 300-something pounds. The only guy I ever saw try to take him on was Charles Barkley, if you remember in that okay. famous scene where he, Charles, you know, was they're, they're banging down low. Charles li was listed a lot taller than he was. He was about 6'4". And you got a 7'1 seven foot, seven foot guy. 
and you know Barkley I believe was with the Rockets at that point and they're they're banging each other and then he just throws the ball at Shaq yeah, yeah. throws it off of his head and it was funny and stuff but he was like I'm not you know he I'm not afraid of you and there's so many guys that were afraid of Shaq because he was just so intimidating he was so powerful and stuff and I'm not taking anything away from his his greatness as a powerful basketball player but overall he couldn't you know to, to me he, he couldn't do anything other than just bully you over he had no arsenal of shots if you look at Elijah Wan's footwork O'Neal can't touch it. If you look at Duncan's bank shots, O'Neal couldn't touch it. So you've got all these other players in the fu- in the future away from Chamberlain that still were fundamentally sound basketball players that could do things that O'Neal could never approach. But O'Neal is considered a beast due to the fact that he was just so huge. He could just he could just do whatever he wanted on the court down low. So let's talk about 2019 Lakers because I hear a lot of stuff now about Anthony Davis comes from the from the Pelicans over, and so a lot of people that I know are, well, the Lakers are going to the championship. I mean, they, they, they're, it's almost given that they're going to win. I'm like, last year they had LeBron James, right, and he got hurt, but they had LeBron James, but they didn't make the playoffs, okay? So one player comes in, Anthony Davis, who had, who's never been to the championship either, so he just comes over to the Lakers, and all of a sudden they're going to win a championship, and as you know, you and I have talked before, you know, the Clippers are going. I mean, they've got Kawhi Leonard. They got Paul George. I, I watched the first two games. I actually watched the uh, the opening NBA night without Paul George. Couldn't stop Kawhi Leonard. Um, when it comes to LeBron, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you know, whenever you team up two athletes like that, you automatically think the best of everything. But what people forget is there's no pedigree with Anthony Davis. He was a very good player in New Orleans. He might have made some All Pro teams and he made this All Star game. But other than that, he gets hurt every year. He's very fragile. Uh, and just to come over and automatically put him with LeBron James and think that LeBron, as he's getting older, is going to be able to do what he wants. LeBron James has never had a significant injury until last year when he pulled his groin, and then you know he was out for a good little bit of time. The, the team kind of folded, and at that point they figured we're not making the playoffs. So I don't know if it was the last 14, 16 games, something like that of the season. He didn't play, but he wasn't hurt. And I had never seen anything like that before. I mean, I had heard about how Popovich sometimes would rest his players, but those were older guys. Those were like Duncan in late 30s and stuff, Parker in his you know, mid to late 30s. You know, LeBron was still one of the top three players in the league. He was dominant, and they're sitting him at the end when he's getting paid the most money just about of anybody in the league. And I just think back to the generation that, that me and you grew up with in the, the 80s and 90s. Jordan would kill to play in a game. Even Kobe Bryant, who I hate more than just about any other Laker, would kill to be on the court. Larry Bird played with a broken back. I mean, he literally, after a game, every single game at home, he'd be brought to Massachusetts General Hospital and put in traction because his back was so bad. And, you know, we didn't know about that as fans because there was no internet and they weren't reporting that because they didn't want the other teams to know just how bad off he was. But he would still show up and still play in pain. Then you have a guy who's making $40 million a year from the NBA. He's making $80 or $90 million in endorsements. He's making movies. He's dropping all these commercials and stuff. And then he's going to sit there and say, I'm going to sit the last 16 games to rest. Well, let me just tell you this. Uh, You know, LeBron uh, came into the league when he was straight out of high school. And he's been a class act. I mean, you don't hear him. Oh, I have nothing against him as a person. I I would have to to say for as much talent and as much stardom as he's got, as much fan – uh, fandom that he has, all these people following him everywhere, all the paparazzi and stuff. 
you never hear anything bad about him. I respect him off the court as a as a family man, as a good, decent human being. It's just the prima donna when he's on the court, the flopping and stuff like that, and getting paid all the money. Uh, I don't know the last time he played a full eighty-two game season, so I know where you're coming from about that. About you never. But he hear don't. Any- but, but he doesn't. I mean, look. He won a champion. How many championships does he have? He's three and six. All right, so he's won three. Yes. He won one with Dwayne Wade. And Chris Paul. Okay. Dwayne Wade was his co-pilot, right? So then he wins one. He's got Kyrie Irving, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now he needs somebody else like Anthony Davis, right? He, he, he can't do it on But if own. he wants a championship, he should have just gone to San Antonio like I told you a year ago. <laughs> because uh, that's where you went. Anybody Kawhi was- Leonard, Greg Popovich. You got, you got, I mean, come on. And, it's anybody, there. We anybody, went two or three, right? Anybody listening to this, you got to know there's a little bit of backstory between me and Gabriel. Uh, when we when we talk on the phone, since he lives in Rockport and I live in Corpus, uh, it could be an hour and a half, two-hour conversation. I'd say about 90% of it is Gabriel talking because I just do a lot of listening because he's going to get his points in. And that that's all fair. That's just how it's always been and stuff because he likes to talk. And I can tell you stories in future episodes of this of him talking to people that he didn't even know. But anyways, to make a long story short, uh, a couple years ago when it was going to come up that LeBron was going to be a free agent, Gabriel told me he's all he's going to the Spurs, man. If he wants to win, he can go down there with Pop, he can get Kawhi, and they can win championships together. And I was all, there's no way he's going to go to San Antonio to a small market team. He wants either New York, L.A. He, he needs that big thing. And coming out of Cleveland and stuff, for sure enough, because of Space Jam 2 and everything that he's got going on in Hollywood and stuff, he picked the L.A. Lakers. And, you know, uh, I know that there's probably a part of Gable and a lot of Spurs fans are like, gosh, man, he could have came here and, and maybe he could have won three in a row, set his record up at six and six to where he's 500 overall and been in 12 finals. Instead, he chose the, the, the limelights and the glamour of the, well, he the Hollywood. Well, cho- he chose the Lakers, the front offices in disarray. I mean, they don't even know, you know, brothers, sisters fighting up there. Uh, well, Belinka's not even an experienced GM. Well, you saw last year so, when he asked for the you know, entire. You're going, you, you went to chaos, man. But, I mean, you could have gone to uh, uh, the champion, to the Spurs, the best team. The best The best team. organization. Yeah. They know how to win. Except, if you yeah, want to no, win no, no, championships, no, 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 no. you go. No, not if, not if you're Kawhi Leonard. Because remember, he didn't trust his team to where he sat out and just sat and sat because he did not trust. Well, Here's the thing that hurts me the most about that as, as a basketball fan is that I have nothing but respect for Greg Popovich as a coach. And for Kawhi Leonard to do his team the way he did where he would not even show up to sit on the sidelines shows you how angry he must have been and how willing he was to leave them behind to get to Toronto as fast as he could or any other destination. Because I watched them in the playoffs when they're struggling and they got these old guys coming off the bench and they're just trying to stay alive. And Popovich is doing everything he can defensively and offensively to keep them alive. And there's not a guy named Kawhi Leonard sitting on the bench with his teammates just to cheer them on, just to be there as an emotional leader since he was the new face of the franchise. And I was like taken aback saying, how selfish of a human being can this be? Then he goes to Toronto, wins a championship, and everybody kind of forgets what he did to San Antonio. Unless you're, And I'm not even a Spurs fan, but I remember those games where Popovich is like looking down at that bench, and he knows that there's a face that should be sitting there saying, come on, guys, we can do this. And he wasn't there. He never showed up to a single playoff game at home or away. For his team, and I'll, I, I, if I was a Spurs fan, I could never allow him to live that down because it wasn't something other than he was mad at the Spurs organization about what they thought about his quad being fixed and what the doctor up in New York told him. And the doctor in New York said, "You're not 100%, so I would not do this." And he got pissed at the Spurs, and boom, he's out of there, and he well, got another ring, he got a big paycheck, and now he's in LA. Well, if it wasn't for the Spurs, there would be no Kawhi Leonard because true. When when true. the Spurs traded 
Nobody uh, knew who Kawhi uh, Leonard was. Uh, George Hill for Kawhi Leonard. I remember thinking, who the <laughs> hell is Kawhi Leonard? I, was I don't way. even know this guy. Why would we give a, a, a good piece of our, uh, of our uh, team uh, away yeah, uh, for a guy uh, that I don't even know? Well, it now we know who Kawhi Leonard is. Right? And so, you know, I look at it and say, you know what? If it's a small market and you want some more money and there's endorsement, I understand all that. But there's a right way and a wrong way of doing things. All you had to do was come out, I don't want to be here, you know, for, you know, reports to come out that, you know, he didn't even want to talk to Greg Popovich, try to have Tim Duncan out there. Just the way he did the Spurs is dirty, and I didn't like that. But but he was a great player. And I think that if, if you know, while he was there, if if you get if you, if you bring over um, – uh, LeBron James, as we're talking about, and, and Kawhi, then San Antonio. I mean, you're winning more champions. I mean, who 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 can beat him? I mean, if you if you're leaving Cleveland, because you you know I understand he wants to be in Cleveland, he wants to win a championship. That's that's his home state. That's where he's from. That's fine. He did what he had to do, and he wants to move on. But if you really want to win championships, Jordan played basketball to win championships. He didn't care about movies. His first priority was winning championships, and I was going to win as many as I could. Larry Bird wanted to win championships first. Didn't come with movies. He played. He grind. He wanted to win first to do whatever he could. Magic Johnson. These three gentlemen were like this, you know. So if you want to win championships, if, if LeBron's name is going to be mentioned with the Magic Johnsons of the world and with the Michael Jordans of the world and with the Larry Birds, man, you want to win first. When the career's over, it's over. But this guy to want to go to the Lakers and choose the Lakers after winning a championship, knowing that this team hadn't even made the playoffs, tells you a lot about where LeBron and where his priorities are as far as winning basketball. Well, and let me just say this. He's not going to win a championship in L.A. He's not going to win a championship in L.A. All these things about him winning a championship, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. The, the two things I'd like to say, and since we've already both agreed that we'd pick Bird and Jordan on our all-time five team, is two stories I'll tell you to show you the difference between old-school basketball, old-school basketball fans like me and Gabriel, and today's fans. Uh, Larry Bird, on his first uh, visit to Boston, in 1979 as a rookie, after he'd got drafted. Red Auerbach put him up in a hotel, and he was going to be there for the weekend to take pictures and you know just talk and you know, sign his contract, just BS stuff like that. Signed his first official NBA contract three years for a million dollars. And people said, that's crazy. You can't pay some guy $300,000. Think about what they're paying now. But I understand that was a long time ago. But the thing is, the thing that Red Auerbach <clears throat> kept was after Larry Bird checked out of the hotel, he flew back to Indiana to see his mom. Uh, he kept the bill from the hotel, and on the bill, it was the exact payment for the room. Larry Bird was staying at a five-star hotel and could have ordered anything that he wanted to eat. He could have got lobster thermidor. He could have got uh, you know steak. He could have got. He made his own sandwiches. He went down to a, 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 a like a little bitty convenience store, bought some bread, bought some meat and cheese, bought some uh, uh, RC colas. I think the story goes and. Uh, when Red Auerbach called him in Indiana, he said, uh, the, the price of the hotel is all there was. You didn't order anything the whole weekend. He's all, he told me, he's all, no, sir. He sat there and said, that wasn't my money to play with. You know, the, the, the Celtics were putting me up, and it wasn't, that wasn't right for me to do that and stuff. That was your money. That wasn't my money. I can, if it's something I want, I need to spend my own money. That's the way it was raised. Then you go to Jordan, and you find out years after Jordan was in the league, that he still wore his North Carolina jersey, uh, his shorts, underneath his Bulls shorts every single game because he was so attached to Dean Smith and the North Carolina Tar Heels. People don't do things like that anymore. His, his loyalty to North Carolina and Dean Smith and, you know, when they won the championship in 82 on his last second shot, uh, he, he never forgot that. So every single time that he laced him up and went out there for the Bulls with, 
you know, whether it was Steve Kerr or it was John Paxson or Bill Winnington or, you know, Luke Longley, any of the guys, Tony, uh, any of the guys, uh, he was still wearing his Tar Heel stuff. That touched his skin before the Bulls stuff. Mm-hmm. So he was always a Tar Heel. And Larry Bird would not charge anything. And then you have people like today's kids where they think, you owe me this. And they're going to sign huge contracts. And they're going to get – I remember when Harold Miner, his name was Baby Jordan. That was his nickname. He won the slam dunk contest. And they asked Kevin McHale, what did you think about this kid? And he's all, man, he's really awesome. He did you just say Baby Jordan? He was called Baby Jordan because he had – Why bald. was he called Baby Jordan? He was bald. And did he, he win a championship? He had like – Does he have a ring? Did he win a championship? Does he have a ring? This was uh, when Jordan was still the man in the NBA in the early 90s. And I remember Baby he won, Jordan. He won the slam – you never heard that? Yeah, he was called Baby Jordan. His name it's is not worth hearing. Baby but Jordan. But if you're gonna say Baby Jordan, I want a ring or two or three rings. But, but if you don't win a, if but you the, don't win a ring, you ain't. But think, think about that. I remember that because you know his name was Harold Miner, and he won the slam dunk contest, and he was amazingly athletic. And they talked to Kevin McHale, of course, who had been the longtime uh, Boston Celtic teammate of Larry Bird, and they said, "What do you think about him? You know, winning the slam dunk? He's all, you know, he's amazingly athletic and stuff, and hopefully he has a long career." And then they said, "Did you know that he already has a shoe deal?" And Kevin McHale, this was on TV, so you saw his reaction. He said, what do you mean a shoe deal? And they're like, oh, he has his own Harold Miner shoe. And this is way before shoes became popular like how they are. There was Jordan's and there was uh, the Bird weapon and you had the Magic Johnson one stuff. But Harold Miner, baby, baby Jordan, had his own. And Kevin McHale just laughed and looked into because he Kevin McHale never had his own and he oh, had three rings absolutely. Uh, and he looked into the camera. He's all, wow, in my day you had to win something before you could get something like that. And he just walked away, and I'll never forget that moment because he was like, he, you know, he gave his in the '87 Finals, he broke his foot, and the doctor said, "Don't play on it anymore because it could jeopardize the rest of your future." Larry Bird told him not to play anymore, and he still tried to play. And they went to six games against the Lakers, and then he had to have you know screws put in. And he was never the same player after '87. But the thing is. These, those are the kind of guys that left everything out there, and they weren't going to get a shoe deal. They were well, just doing because they loved the game, and of course they wanted to get paid. They're not stupid, but it was it was still it's a, a love of the it was game. Still about a team. It's it's a love of the game. You and know, now where's Baby Miner? Yeah. You know, Baby Jordan, Harold Miner. Don't know where he is. No, he's. Uh, that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I I'm glad that I was able to grow up and watch these guys like Magic and Jordan because they played to win. They were loyal to their team and the team was loyal to these guys as well. And I'm sure that they, you know, they had their ups and downs with management and stuff, but it stayed in-house. They wanted to win. They wanted to win. That was the whole thing. They didn't, you know, we didn't want to go in this era now, you know, I want to team up with the other best players so that we can win four or five championships and make a dynasty. You know, Jordan didn't do that. Imagine if Jordan and Bird and Magic got together in the NBA when they played. Imagine if they said, you know what, we're just going to get together here and we're just we're, we're going to play. Imagine how many championships they would want. You know, but a guy like Magic the closest and, we ever and got Bird to didn't want to play. They wanted to beat each other. The closest other. we ever got to something like that was in 92 with the Dream Team. And we were all excited that all these professionals were playing together. But when you watch the games, they're kind of boring. They were. When you're beating some small African country like 138. Not, yeah. yeah, it makes you – feel proud America yeah we're gonna get a gold medal and stuff but it kind of was a foretelling of do you really want that many stars that are already set as stars all joining forces and so you know uh, you know Bert you know Kevin McHale's drafted by the Celtics uh, James Worthy's drafted by the Lakers Akeem Olajuwon's drafted by the Rockets and stuff you know Ralph Sampson if you know a lot of people forget how do- he was better than Olajuwon at that point in their career he was the most dominant big man at 7-4 and could handle the ball and what happened is these guys were all drafted they were all brought in and stuff by the team and they were you know they were 
they, they went through the system and stuff. Now you got guys that, you know, they become all-stars and they want to jump ship and they want to join ranks. And, and it, that's okay, I guess, if that's the way what you like. But, you know, today's people, are, uh, fans are completely different than the older fans. And, and we're going to argue. We're going to, you know, disagree just due to the fact that, you know, people see things differently. So let's I, like, talk, let's... I like to use that as a segue into, I think you said that you talked to somebody that you had uh, mentioned that we might be doing a podcast and they brought up, uh, something about music. Mm-hmm. They brought up uh, today's rap. Now, me and you growing up in the 80s, we were there when rap first started with Grandmaster Flash back in you know the late 70s and uh, the uh, Sugar Hill Gang with Rapper's Delight in 1979, which I, I still love that song. And then, of course, we had Run DMC who finally broke the code open uh, with Aerosmith with Walk This Way, their rendition. You had uh, Beastie Boys. You had... Uh, uh, oh, the one song that you just like was what was it? Young MC. It takes two to make things go right. Rob Bass. Yeah. I remember Rob Bass and yeah, all yeah. those guys. Yeah, yeah. So you know that that's the rap we kind of grew up with, and then we saw it. You know, as we became younger adults, we saw it going into the gangster rap, you know, East Coast, West Coast in the '90s and stuff. And you had people like uh, Tupac and Biggie come out, and you had Snoop Dogg and Dre, and you had Public Enemy, and you had N.W.A., and you had all these different things coming out and stuff, but. You know, some people were afraid of NWA and Public Enemy. Some people thought that, you know, Tupac was very uh, sexist and uh, and pushed violence and stuff. But the thing is, what we have now is you have this whole group of young rappers that, uh, you know, our kids listen to. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of kids that listen to today's rappers that, you know, if you talk about Tupac and stuff, it's almost like you're talking about Elvis or the Beatles so long ago compared to what they listen to now. And then there's people like our age that listen that or try, I, I attempt. I attempt to listen to today's rap and I can't get through it because most of them it's called mumble rap and they they're all like 19 or 20 year old guys have never worked a day in their life and they uh, uh, they, they write these rap songs and every other words the B word or the H word or they're sleeping with your woman or they're uh, they got diamonds on their wrist and they're all wearing you know the, the latest designer stuff and I'm all like you know how are you writing this stuff if you're if you're not making it already and then you do make it and then they're like that's talent and so what I thought we'd do here is uh, one of my sons uh, who's uh, really into it, his name is Jacob, uh, he's really into today's modern rap. Uh, he loves a lot of the rap. I, I don't know who these rappers are. I try to listen to them, and I can't. His, you know, Him and his friends, uh, they, they, they lo- love it. Uh, so, Gabriel, what, what do you think about today's rap before we bring Jacob in here? As the, I'm going to call him the, uh, the official... Uh, uh, expert on today's rap due to the fact that he knows who the rappers are he understands what they're saying I guess through a teenager's point of view but I, I, I don't get it so how do you feel about today's rap compared to what we grew up with I felt there was more of a message in that rap back then and now it's about just excuse my language bitches hoes diamonds gold uh, cars hmm. the same stuff that people have always talked about in rock and roll but these guys are just a little bit over the top to me well um I, I like rap, uh, you know. Uh, I would actually say that I like Tupac music and, and Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls music. Uh, I really got into the music, and so, um, you know, uh, I also listen to Run DMC and stuff. So I, I like the music. Um, I don't know much about it. Um, today's uh, type, you know, rap, and, and, and I have some nephews that, uh, that I talked to about that. I just don't understand it. I listen to it. Uh, and I'm around, and I just I, I can't wrap my, my mind around it. I just don't understand, you know. I don't like the beat. I don't I don't like uh, uh, the cussing. I, I don't understand certain things. 
so I welcome people to come in and, and, and you know, and, and try to convince me what is, what is good about that music. I, I do think that, there, that, that this music does in, in some ways play into today's kids and into the behaviors and stuff. That's just my thinking. But I, I, I welcome other people to come in and, and tell me what today's music does, you know, what, what, what good comes out of it, because I don't know. Of course, I'm not in that era either. Like I said, as far back as I can go is Bone Thug, uh, Tupac, Biggie Smalls. I can still listen to that. I, I can tell a little story that, uh, you know, when I used to go to a job, you know, in my job, in my profession, profession I work with, uh, with kids, and so... I'm very professional when I go to work, right? I, so I sit there and, 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 you know, there's no friends, you know, we're all about business. And so one day I'm driving up to work early in the morning and uh, and I'm jamming out to, to Tupac. I mean, and I don't know, I, there's there's some workers, my, some of my, my coworkers are out there. And so I'm, I'm driving in and I'm getting my bag ready and, and, and so I'm jamming. And so I get out, turn off the car, I come out and, and they tell me, sir, you know, you, you listen to Tupac? And I said, absolutely, I listen to Tupac, Bone Thug. and and uh and and biggie smalls and stuff and just you know the way people would the way i would present myself people would have never thought that i would listen to this kind of stuff and i said absolutely i love that music when i get out of work you know i've got some cds i mean i, I listen to all this type of music in, in my own free time but in today's music and a lot of what they do today i don't understand it i, I really i really don't understand it and uh and, and absolutely i like to get a young man's point of view and it, why it, i like this music. i'd like and, i'd just like to interject real quick once again if anybody's listening to this and they are rap fans and they think that this is just two old pirates talking about stuff that we have no freaking clue we are very open-minded to hear any comments that you might say you might leave uh, you can always send an email to us and, and say, hey, uh, we'd like to go ahead and talk a little bit more about this, or can you bring this up on your next podcast? And once again, we're open to having people on the show. Uh, so it's not like we would not invite somebody else to have their point of view also put on here, whether it be politics, religion, sports, or even crap rap. I mean, that's what I call it, crap rap. I'm sorry. But uh, coming up next is, uh, this is my son, Jacob. Uh, he's a senior this year in high school. Uh, and... Uh, so, Jake, since uh, I've known you since, oh, well, since you've been born, since, uh, you know, you're my son, firstborn. How is it that today's music, why is it that older pirates like me and Gabriel, we just can't seem to connect with this music? And we hear about those stories about older people who couldn't connect with the Beatles or older people that couldn't connect with, uh, you know, ACDC or something like that because it was just too loud or something. Why is it that you think that people like us just can't stand it? I mean, like, literally, I'm revolted by it. I want to puke when I hear this stuff. Um, I think it has to do with, I mean, with every generation, there's something different. Like you said, with the Beatles, older people couldn't deal with that. They were like, oh, it's rock and roll. You shouldn't listen to that. That's the devil's music and stuff like that. Then whenever rap came out, the parents of like the late 60s and the 70s were like, that's terrible. Don't listen to it. So every single like generation has a different style of music that it's in and popular. And I feel like how y'all like, like the gangster rap and stuff like that, where it was very slow, it, like told a story. A lot of people nowadays like to get excited and like dance and stuff and that's really hard to do to the older music because it's just sort of like a mellow kind of vibe you just sit there and listen to a story almost and a lot of people like today like to know what is called as like turn up which is like dance and get all hyped up and stuff like that like for almost like a football team would before a football game but they like to do it consistently like at concerts and things like that and so a lot of the beats nowadays are fast and the rapping I f 
almost I feel like subconsciously it's almost a they cuss because they feel like they're rebelling and they they feel a powerful stance. Like Do you think there's a part of them where they feel like since they're young and they want to get street cred that if they came out with a positive message without the cussing? Oh, they would get no. They would get no credit. That, they wouldn't blow up. Right, because mo- most popular. of these people are. We know that it's not radio friendly. Most of it it's because an, it's not popular. Besides, too. besides people like Drake, that's boom. They blow up and stuff. But he still cusses and stuff. But they can edit his music. They edit it a lot. But I think some of these, to me as an older person, some of these younger guys, they feel the need like if I don't put this in, then I'm not going to be like everybody else, and everybody else is already famous. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be changing course, and that might not catch on. Well, there's that, but uh, there's a lot of rappers with a lot of different styles, like. There's this one guy, his name's Tyler the Creator. He is not necessarily what I like to listen to. I have friends that like his music. Well, let me ask you this. What what do you like about rap? Because, you know, if you drink beer, beer does not taste good. It does not taste good. Thank you. Amen. You yes. know, and I've drank beer. I'm just saying, people drink beer, okay? We drink beer, um, but we don't actually... You don't, you don't taste good. Everybody knows that. Nobody's going to come in and say, hey, you know, it, it's good. You know what I'm saying? So, to me, is that like rap? I mean, you know, because like, like, like you're saying, like, tell me what you think. Because, like, you know, a lot of people drink beer just simply because it's cool. If, if, if you know, if I, if I drink a beer and, you know, and I get a little buzz, it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. But people look at me. People, I'm, I'm, I'm fitting into the, to the group. So, do, do people, you know, do they dress it? Do they rap like that because I want to be part of the group? Or do you actually like the music? Do you actually like the music? I mean, there's some people that just listen to it just to be a part of, like, that culture. Because rap, rap nowadays, it's might not be the culture of it, the it's 90s It's also rap. the clothing and the style. Yeah, it's not just the, it's, music, right? It's, it's a culture, yeah. There's, there's different types of things that you'd wear. That you'd be, like, there's people you can see in public. Or if they're dressed like super crazy or have a dyed hair and like have a like a decent looking outfit on, you'd be like, that person probably is a SoundCloud rapper. And some people get made of, made fun of for being SoundCloud rappers just because they're way out there, like they're weird and stuff. There's a lot of people who have blown up though on SoundCloud, which it's made their careers because it's, it's a way to put yourself out there. Millions of people can find you. But yeah, it's a culture. Some people do it just to fit in. Some people are just like that vulgar. I listen to it just for the fact that I like how it flows. I don't necessarily like how what they say and how they say it, but if it has a nice beat and the words flow well with the beat, the words are on beat, and I like how it sounds, I'll even sing along to it, but I won't mean the words I say, just I like how it sounds. And I feel like a lot of people are like that. Well, I'll say this. Um, it's not easy to rap. It is not at all. Um, and so, you know, I've actually tried a couple of times. I'm just not good at it. So I, I do think it, it takes talent. I think a, a rapper trying to come up in the, in the world today, you've got to have some talent. So oh, there's just not coming up there, getting up there. And I mean, I see some of these shows where, you know, on, on the fly, man, you just got to come up with somebody. You just got to come back up and, and say something to each other. Oh, so I, oh, there's like a lot of battles? talent. Oh, yeah. You've got to be talented to become a rapper. So I understand that part. I don't think just anybody can do it. It, it does take some hard work. Because there's a lot of people who have tried and have failed miserably. Yeah, I just... And it, it takes a long time, I think, to, to get up there. And you there. have to find your yeah, sound yeah. and everything. It's not just because of. Go, go ahead. It sounds to my dad the way it sounds is every single person sounds the same. But there's like different octaves of voice. Like there's one rapper his name's Twenty One Savage. He raps really low. And then my favorite rapper, Lil Uzi Vert, has kind of a higher pitch voice. So there's a different style. Like Twenty One Savage has like a slower type of song. Like there's beat drops and stuff where people can still like get hyped to it. 
but it's not as fast as like a little Uzi Vert song or like certain Migos songs or Lil Tecca songs. Like everyone has a different style, raps different. There's one rapper I hate him. His name is Blueface, and he cannot rap on beat, and he does voice cracks and stuff. He's popular. But is there still a an audience for him? There is an audience for him. That's the thing is, there's an audience for every single style and sound of rapper. What I what I was gonna ask you really quick is. when you said something about the beat and getting hyped and stuff, do you think some people just listen to it and it doesn't even matter what is being rapped, the lyrics, it's just simply there's a beat that you really like that's, to get that's into? Exa- that's exactly how it happens for some then, people. Then also the people that are, like when I see you rap a song um, and, and you're rapping along with the rapper, uh, is there any songs or do you think there's any time that you've ever gone along with the song? You're saying the words verbatim besides the curse words because he knows that's not to do that in front of dad. But the thing is, is there times that you say the words verbatim as the rapper, but you're not even paying attention to what the rap is saying? Oh, it's just you just oh, learn yeah, the no. words. It's not meaningful it, to you no, in any it, possible. There's like, certain songs I I I don't care what they say at all. It's just, you just know the words. You say I, them along yeah. with it, but you're not like this means this or this like, means that. It, it's just I'll, words. I'll, ra- I'll rap songs and they'll talk about getting high and stuff, and I've never touched a drug in my life. It's just the way it flows with the beat just mm-hmm. sounds good in your mm-hmm. head, and it's just fun to sing along to. Yeah. It gets stuck in your head. And like some people say that rappers nowadays are repetitive, which don't get me wrong, they are. But the way they're repetitive, it's almost down to a science. They're like, oh, I can say this line here and it'll get stuck in someone's head all day long and they'll want to continually listen to my song. I just think that boy, they get a bad rap. I mean, they, they really do. They really I mean, do. No, nobody comes out here and, and, and you know, when, when you talk about a rap and it brings in the drugs and the sex and all that, so, you know, well, people I'm, just aren't in tune to it. People are just kind of like, you know, it's bad, it's bad, so... We don't want you listening to and it, but that's I, why I want to get the other point of view from the from, from the, the, the younger generation. I want to be able to understand more than just what's out there in the media and how they get a bad rap. I want to know, like you're talking about the flow and what it does to you. I want to be able to understand what this music is, you know, the, the culture of what it, what it does. There's a lot of people that get a bad rap too that are like, that are rappers, but they get a they get a bad name on the streets by like parents and things because. Um, like oh they've gone to prison and stuff but a lot of them it's the way that they're raised because there's like my favorite rapper is out of north philly like he grew up not like even well off barely even comfortable and it he didn't do so well in school and his parents actually kicked him out he had to live with his grandma but there's a lot of people where rapping is almost like an outlet for them just to like live almost a different lifestyle in their head and that's whenever they talk about sleeping with girls and having all this money and buying all the cars because they don't experience that in their hometown or where they live in their big city. And it eventually blows them up and they can have all that stuff. But a lot of them are good people at heart. But well, And I think that's, you know, I think that's what we need to you know, talk about and, and make sure that they get the good rap. I want to be able, when we talk about this, I want to I be able to talk about the good, not just the bad rap that they get. Go kind of deeper into, you know, what, what their lifestyle was, you know, because when I hear a lot of that rapping and I see a lot of their videos, there's a lot of emotion that goes into it. Well, and a lot of us don't really take the time to see what their, what, what, you know, what their lifestyle was like. It's just, you come out, you rap, you cuss, we don't like you, you know. It's good to be able to get the other point of yeah. view, to see the struggle that these guys go to before they make it up to the top, you know, because I think a lot of them do get a bad rap. Like, like I said, I, I can't listen to it. I don't, I don't understand. It's not something outside of Tupac and Big 
Biggie Smalls that I get into, but I do want to get that other point because I do think they get a bad rap, not really knowing what, you know, the, the way they grew up, you know, how they came about to being stars, because once they get up to being stars, you see these guys with jewelry, no shirt, tats, and all kinds of stuff, and they just get a bad rap, you know, and so all of a sudden, you know, I don't want my kids listening to this, but there's something, you know, besides that image that these guys, like you were talking about, they go through your, 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 that rapper that you say you like, you know, some of the stuff you went through, a lot of that stuff doesn't come out of me, we don't know how they were rap, how they came to this, this is like an outlet for them. If they didn't have music, where would they be? It's kind of like, I think, it's fair to say that this is the way that they express themselves through music. You know, we're uh, expressing our views here through this podcast, right? This is their way, and I think that gets lost. It just kind of gets shuffled around. Nobody even talks or cares oh, about it. Oh, it really does, because there's a lot of rappers that either a parent will hear about them because their kids are listening to it in their headphones or on their phone, like outside, like whenever they're shooting baskets, or even on the radio, and they hear like the blanked out curse words. But a lot of people use curse words instead of violence actually yeah. um and like one of my brother's favorite rappers named logic grew up in a terrible scenario he's a millionaire now but he grew up in a terrible scenario both of his parents were drug addicts his dad left whenever he was young his mom would beat him and rapping was an outlet for him and now he has i think he has like a five million dollar house and he goes on tour every summer drops albums whenever he wants he has a really good life going he just got married i think or is about to but he grew up in maryland i think middle of nowhere maryland Mom was a crack addict, and but he's made it just simply off of rapping. And he put in the grind. He would work two jobs just so he could get studio time because there's an enormous difference between rapping on your phone, like in the headphones or like a simple Walmart like microphone, and going to a professional studio with someone who can mix it for you and get it to a broader audience just for the fact that they have an audience already since they're a studio. It just It all depends on the situation, but a lot of the rappers that get a terrible rap and stuff, who are like, oh, they've been sent to prison, oh, they have gun charges and stuff, was because they grew up in those big cities like in Compton and North Philly, Seattle, stuff like that, Chicago. And that's just the lifestyle they're automatically introduced to as soon as they hit the outside world. So they didn't have a chance to like, oh, I can move into a better suburb of New York or something. They didn't have that choice. And you know what's sad too, uh, Eric, is that, you know, uh, they don't live a very long life, most of them, you know. It, it, you, you, you never get to see the ending of, of you know, some of these, uh, uh, you know, kind of guys that, that we grew up, uh, you know, listening to in music. Uh, you know, they get to the 60s, Eddie Money, you know, we saw what he did before he, he passed on. Some of these rappers, we, we're never going to be able to see, you know, when they get older, what, what, what they could do because, you know, a lot of them died so young, and that's, that's tragic in itself. So... You know, I'm glad that, you know, and I challenge anybody to come in and, and, and talk to us, you know, give us our different point. You know, me and Eric have this point. We didn't grow up with these young rappers in here, so the music to us doesn't sound very good, so we don't listen to it. But it does mean a lot to the younger generation, and, and, and we definitely like to be able to, to have people comment or or give us their opinion on, on, on the other side of rap, of, of these young guys and what that music does, because uh, I think that's real, real important. Um, so... Uh, the only other thing that I think that we're going to say before we end this first podcast is uh, we're going to end it um, usually every single time with uh, what I'm going to call five quick facts. And it's going to be five facts that most Americans probably did not know. And I just try to enlighten people with something. But uh, well, before, the, la the last thing we need to talk about is we need to talk about the football game tonight. Uh, uh, Ingleside will be traveling to Rockport. Rockport is heavily favored. They're uh, a far superior team. 
on all three levels of uh, offense, defense, and, and special teams. They'll be having homecoming, so that's another big deal to get them pumped up. And um, I, I think we should uh, once a week pick a game of the week and pick a score. Uh, and since this is our first podcast and it's uh, our alma mater, Rockport, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Rockport to win, um, I'm going to say 50 to 14. Well, I want to hear what Jacob has to say. What's his prediction on the Rockport Pirates Ingleside Mustangs? Um, I've only gone to Ingleside for just a little while, but from my understanding, Rockport, they're good, but from I've heard from our football players that they might actually have a chance to win. I don't know if we're going to win. I don't think we will. I mean, I'm rooting from the bottom of my heart, but you have to be realistic in certain situations. I think it'll be... 28 to 13. Wow. Well, you know, being that Rockport's my mother, my son just graduated uh, last year, uh, so I've, I've been able to see, you know, the past couple of years what this program has done. And, and, you know, when we were in school, you know, Eric and I, uh, we wouldn't even make the playoffs, really. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the reality. We When we, we went up against Cal Allen. Or GP. GP. Uh, it, was, it was unbelievable how uh, we would get wiped. Uh, the only teams that we could beat were like Aransas Pass because we were 4A, and that was a different 4A back then. That would be considered 5A now, and we were just way too small to compete against those teams. But like how Gabriel's saying, he's been a lot closer because his uh, son's been in the program for a number of years, graduating uh, last year after a three-year starter uh, on varsity. A tremendous player, tremendous kid. And uh, so... What do you think? Well, I, you know, I watched the, I mean, we played a couple of preseason games like, like last year, and they were a lot tougher than we were. We lost a lot of seniors last year, um, but, uh, you know, I kind of figured that we would make the playoffs. I didn't know if we would win district this year, um, but after seeing, you know, the game with the Ranses and, and we kind of struggled a little bit, I thought that we would beat them by a couple more touchdowns, but, you know, then I, I kind of sat back and said, well, Ranses always plays us tough. But then after getting in and, and playing these tougher teams, and then we get in the district, and really it, when we played Sitton, you know, it was just, I mean, I, I went to the game. It was just total domination on Rockford's part. I mean, I know that Sitton's rebuilding, but Rockford really took it to them. They've made some changes at the quarterback spot. I mean, they've just done a lot of different things. Uh, they come together, and I've seen that the, the coaches out there, every game we seem to get better. So I anticipate that Rockport's really going to, going to win this game, and I think they're going to win by at least three touchdowns or more. I just don't think that uh, the, Ingles, the Ingleside's defense, and I haven't seen them but from last year, I just don't think that they're going to be able to stop that, uh, that running attack. We do pass a little bit, but it's mainly the run attack. It's a lot T. Uh, I just think it's going to be too much for the Ingleside defense. So I'm going to say something like 48 to probably 14. It's going to be something like that. I just, I just, don't, I just don't think Ingleside can. I mean, you play the game. Uh, hopefully no one, no one gets injured on either side, but I think Rockport's going to dominate. And plus, it's homecoming, and so that's always an extra, you know, motivation. Motivation. So I, I anticipate that that Rockport will beat Ingleside, but we don't know. Well, uh, in closing, uh, I'll give you your five quick facts, and and then we'll say goodnight for the night. And uh, hopefully, uh, anybody who's listening to this, you'll forward it to other people, and we can get more listeners subscribed to the channel. And uh, this, I think, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have other people on to explain things to us older folk that don't understand things. I want to thank my son Jacob for coming in and explaining a little bit about rap to us, uh, the new rap. 
but the five quick facts, uh, here, here you go. I, I'm going to do this just because as a teacher of 23 years, I like to educate people. Number one, the U.S. has no national language. Uh, if you believe English is a national language, you've been mistaken your entire life. My dad told me there's two different types of people in the world, ignorant and stupid. Ignorant just means you didn't know something, which means that if you thought that we had a national language, I just explained it to you. We don't. We have a predominant language known as English. Also, number two, 30% of all divorces now between men and women in the United States, the word Facebook is found somewhere in the divorce proceedings, which means that somehow Facebook has driven the divorce rate up more. You catch on to old flames, you talk to old friends, you hook up online, and because of that, 30% of all divorces now have Facebook somewhere in the, the paperwork. Number three, NASCAR drivers. I do not understand how they consider NASCAR a sport. I'm sorry, it's a big left turn for me. Uh, but NASCAR drivers, on average, lose 10 pounds per race. That's 10 pounds through sweat. Number four, all light, col all light colored uh, eyed people, people that have blue, hazel, gray eyes, you are mutants. If you look into the genetic DNA makeup of human beings, we should all have brown eyes. If you look anywhere, Australia with the Aborigines, you look at Africa with native people over there, Asia, South America, we all should have brown eyes. The European blue-greenish eyes were a mutation that happened at some point in time, and therefore, uh, you're a mutant. You might have a lot of songs written about your blue eyes or your green eyes, but my brown eyes and Gabriel's brown eyes, we're the real deal. And number five, Doritos are flammable. Yes, my favorite potato chip in the world. The Dorito is flammable and can be used as kindling in case you're ever out at the beach and you need to start a fire. If you have a bag of Doritos, they will burn just as well as wood. So five facts. Uh, those are the five facts that I would uh, add to you. Uh, um, uh, Jacob said that he might have an extra one to add. Uh, we don't. We, this is the first time, so we're trying everything new. So what, what's the uh, uh, cheetahs are just as flammable? Yes, cheetahs are flammable also, and uh, those chili limon things uh, they'll tear, tear your stomach up. But most of my my students like it. So after this first podcast, I'd like to say thank you to uh, Jacob and Gabriel for helping out. And Gabriel, uh, I can't believe that we're doing this. I hope that you uh, want to continue doing this. Uh, uh, as long as you're willing to do this, old, old, old friend, then I'm willing to help you out. Well, uh, absolutely. I, I'm, I mean, you and I, we spend a lot of time talking on the phone about a lot of different things. Uh, you and I are passionate. We, we don't agree on, on most of this stuff. You know, that's kind of amazing that we can be friends for so many years and we really don't... Uh, uh, agree on a lot of stuff but you know we we do a lot of talking just you know off the stuff that we see with current events that's happening around you know uh, the, the world and so we just decided that uh, this podcast would be something that we could you know come you know come to people and, and, and give them our point of view and hopefully they'll come back and, and, and give us their point of view you know the whole point of this is to try to go ahead and get listeners to come on in and get their points on different topics that we talk about also Eric this is going to possibly because I don't know if you guys know Eric has had two books uh, that he's uh, written already, uh, how the ball bounces. Um, you know, I have both of them, and uh, I can honestly tell you, as as a guy that's in the, in that book, uh, what what he writes is is stuff uh, that you know about a team that got together, started playing in tournaments, uh, and um, I've enjoyed both of those books, and we continue to make history, and I hope that he will write another book soon on on this new adventures that that that, that we got going on here with this podcast. Who knows what the future has for maybe another book or two, or, or maybe he and I will write a book together. But 
Uh, he does have two books out there. If you guys uh, want to know more about that, you can comment here on, on our podcast and, and he'll be able to tell you how, how you can get to these books and stuff. So uh, we look forward to coming in a couple more days uh, to do another podcast. Uh, and I enjoy it. And I, I'd love to be doing this for five years plus. Uh, thank you so much, Gabriel, for that, uh, for the shout out to the book. If anybody's interested in possibly p- picking up a copy, I still have a couple on hand that I can hand sign for you. They're also on Amazon. They're on Barnes & Noble. And I'll leave a link uh, on the YouTube website for you to link to uh, buy your own copy. I, th- I think you'd find the reading fascinating, especially if you're from Rockport. A lot of different areas of Rockport that are inside the book, a lot of different people that are from inside uh, the, the old days of Rockport that you might have forgotten about that have passed some that have moved on, uh, and I, I thank you for the shout-out on that. So this is the first episode, the first podcast of uh, Two Old Pirates, so we're going to say signing off, Two Old Pirates. Have a good day. Peace out.